Welcome to the Deconstructed Podcast, your favorite structural engineering podcast. My name is Alide. And I'm Andrew. And we are two structural engineers in California. So, Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you might have noticed that in our tagline at the beginning, we say we're in California, not in Northern California anymore, and that's because I'm moving to Los Angeles. Oh, I know we're going to miss you up here, okay. but just uh, so that our listeners know, Andrew's going to stay on the podcast, so no one has to be scared except of us, because we're going to miss him. Uh, so how is the move treating you? <laughs> uh, as well as can be expected. Uh, how's everything with you? Uh, it's good. Now it's weekend, and tomorrow I have an arm balancing workshop at my yoga studio, and I'm so excited about it. So, But also, you know what I'm excited about? The topic of today's conversation. So, Andrew, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're continuing our discussion on the performance of wood homes and earthquakes. In the first episode, we focused on the vulnerabilities of the house itself. This time, we're going to talk about what we call non-structural components. Non-structural components are things like chimneys or water heaters that are part of a functioning home, but aren't part of the structure that actually helps keep the house standing during an earthquake. And I have to say to all the listeners that I'm super excited about non-structural components because these are the topics of my PhD dissertation also. I don't know if you, Andrew, if you knew about these. Um, and so I, I also kind of find funny when I talk about my PhD dissertation that I have to say, you know, I'm a structural engineer dealing with non-structural components. So uh, that's also something that I find interesting. And also, you know, I kind of feel that uh, non-structural components are so often overlooked in terms of importance because everyone thinks that, you know, during an earthquake, it's so important for the house itself not to collapse. But what if everything inside your house gets broken and, you know, some of these components components can also cause fires. So they are very, very important, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Non-structural components are critical to the safety of occupants in a building. This week, we're welcoming back Kelly Cobine. She was our expert from the previous episode, and she's going to tell us more about common types of non-structural damage that older wood homes are prone to. Kelly has a ton of experience with this sort of thing and has lots of great stories to share. The first thing I want to start talking about is the stuff that is inside your house and what can happen to it during an earthquake. So this is what we call, you know, furniture and content. Some types of furniture are very prone to falling over during earthquakes. As you can imagine, tall or top-heavy items are especially of concern. This includes things like bookshelves or tall dressers, and I'm pretty sure everyone has something like this in their home. Obviously, a bookshelf falling on you is a potential hazard but these types of items can also block your exit from the building after an earthquake. Yeah, that sounds very dangerous. Something else I wanted to mention is shelves. You know, shelves not only can fall on you, but everything that is on the shelf can fall on you. So this is particularly bad. And uh, this is actually something that happened during 1994 earthquakes, as Kelly told us. I went into uh, bedrooms and everything that was heavy and on the shelf was sitting on the pillows below because it had all fallen off and people were there being glad they hadn't been asleep on their bed when the earthquake hits. So. Heavy, large items aren't the only things to be concerned about. Anything that isn't properly restrained can fall. Smaller items might not be a hazard to you, but could be of personal value or expensive to replace. Here are some things that Kelly observed after the Northridge earthquake. I spent several days going through doing safety assessments of homes, and every single home that I went into had a huge pile of broken 
china, glass jars, and other uh, things um, in the middle of the kitchen because everything had fallen out of the cabinets and was sitting there. So with all that said, what can we do about this problem? This is what Kelly told us. First, anchoring all of the tall and heavy things that might want to roll over and hurt uh, you inside your home is the best place to start. And after that, going through and figuring out uh, things of value to you that you can um, secure in place in order to limit damage. One of the things that I did after I got back from doing my safety assessments at the Northridge earthquake was I installed child locks on all of my kitchen cabinets. Um, and I don't know how well they will work, but um, in some cases they re worked well in the Northridge earthquake. So in summary, if you think it could fall over, if it's important to you, you should fasten it down. But your furniture toppling around is not the worst thing that can happen to structural components during earthquakes. In fact, Andrew, did you know that your house can get flooded after an earthquake? I did know that, and you're probably wondering how that's possible. But almost every house has a large water tank in it, your water heater. During an earthquake, water heaters can fall over and break open, or the water lines can break, and that can flood your home. Yeah, remember that your water heater is not just connected to the water line, but generally also to the gas line. So when that breaks, uh, the damage that it can cause can be even worse. In fact, you can contribute in starting a fire. So if you have a problem with your neighbors now, imagine the problem that you're going to have after you set their house on fire. So the problem caused by the water heater can be very, very bad, and it's worth taking a look into the repairs. So this is what Kelly told us. There are lots of guidelines out there uh, about how to properly brace your water heater, put flexible connections for the gas and the water so that it can move a little bit without breaking. And that's sort of the very first, least costly, most cost-effective thing that you do when you're improving the earthquake safety of a home is to go and brace the water heater and take care of that. And remember, not every water heater is unsafe. It's easy to tell if it's secured and if it has flexible gas and water lines going to it. The last, but definitely not the least important issue we're going to be talking about today is a very common problem, brick chimneys. Brick chimneys are so architecturally relevant to many wood frame homes, but they're also very vulnerable to earthquake damage, according to Kelly. Masonry chimneys are known to be brittle and very vulnerable to damage even in moderate earthquakes. The problem is that most of the um, brick chimneys that aren't uh, quite recently constructed don't have any reinforcing steel in them, and um, so they're tall, slender, heavy, brittle elements um, that are very readily cracked um, and um, uh, can readily fall over in earthquakes. The problem with brick chimneys is actually very common, and in so many earthquakes in the past, we observed the collapse of brick chimneys. In fact, for example, even just looking at the, what happened during the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco, it is estimated that almost 90% of brick chimneys collapsed. So if we've been knowing about this problem for so long, why is this still happening? 
So strategies for stabilizing chimneys have changed over the years and are usually tailored to specific conditions of each chimney. There isn't really a one-size-fits-all solution for this. Yeah, so unfortunately, this is the reason why in this case we cannot really give you more specific advice. And we decided that the best thing that we can do is to provide you with uh, a lot of resources in our website so that you can go through them and try to think what the best solution is for you. Even again, probably the best thing will be to talk to a professional engineer for your specific case. So this concludes our two episode series about what happens in your wood frame home during an earthquake. And in the first episode, we talked about structural components, while the focus on this episode was my favorite, that is non-structural components. Remember, if you want to know more, we've got lots of resources on our website, thedeconstructedpodcast.com. If you have any questions for a structural engineer, email us at thedeconstructedpodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? It may end up being a future topic on this podcast. If you're in the Bay Area and require the services of a licensed structural engineer, we recommend that you consult the Structural Engineer Referral List at seonc.com. That's S-E-A-O-N-C.com. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Seonc. For more information, please refer to the full disclaimer on our website.